0: Welcome to Capital Locust, the local government finance podcast from the United Nations Capital Development Fund. Talking local, globally. This podcast explores ideas and thinking about the role of local government finance as an accelerator of international development in line with the Sustainable Development Goals and Paris Agreement. Welcome to the third episode of Capital Locust. This week, it's a great privilege and pleasure to be talking to John Tomney. John is Professor of Urban and Regional Planning at University College London. John has held visiting positions at universities in Italy, Australia and Ireland, as well as the United Kingdom. He has researched and written widely on questions of local and regional development with a strong emphasis on the role of institutions in shaping patterns of growth and well-being. And John is co-author of Local and Regional Development. Capital Locast is about local governments as an accelerator of the international development agenda. It's also about local economic development. What is local economic development. What do we really mean by that term? Of course, everything happens locally. So isn't it true to say that every development is local development? Or is there a distinction between something that happens somewhere but does not have an impact on local economic development and something else that happens somewhere else but very much drives local economic development? I really look forward to hearing John's insights on this matter, especially as we at the United Nations Capital Development Fund have really dedicated ourselves for the last 30 years to being a centre of excellence for local government finance and local economic development finance. What do we mean by that? Let's hear what John has to say about the matter. John Tominey. Thank you so much for agreeing to come on this podcast. Uh, You are one of the leading experts in um, local economic development, and we're very grateful that you've agreed to give us some of your time. I think uh, perhaps just to start the conversation, I'd like to ask you the question, what is local economic development and how is it a distinctive strand of economic theory and practice, in your opinion? Uh, Over to you, John. John.
1: I think local economic development is a huge topic, very difficult to define, and it's also something that's quite paradoxical about it, in a sense, because we're told we live in a global economy where capital and to some extent labour can flow freely around the world through migration and so on. But at the same time, we know that this process of globalisation, this closer integration of national economies, produces very uneven local effects. We see that some cities and regions gain from these processes, some cities and regions lose out as capital and people flow from one place to another. So local economic development is really at an analytical level trying to understand these processes and what they mean for the life chances of people who live in different types of place. And on the other hand, it's a set of practices pursued by local and regional authorities, subnational governments of one kind or another, which are seeking to capture the benefits of the growth in the global economy for their particular place. So it's both a theory and a practice, uh, if you like. So I would argue that it's become more important, it's attracted more attention precisely because we live in a world of economic winners and losers both in social terms, particular social groups and classes, particular types of labour, but also in terms of places, some places prospering, some places not. The whole field of local economic development concerns, both how we analyse that and how we act upon
0: our insights. Yeah, that's very clear, John, and thank you so much indeed. So I guess what you're saying is the importance of space and place. And uh, one thing that has always struck me is that most economic theory is, if you like, spatially blind. It doesn't really uh, take into account, I mean, not just the friction of distance, uh, but also the cultural effect and the whole range of space and place features, it's as if everything is taking place in a dimension where space doesn't really exist. Would you like to, to comment on that, uh, John?
1: I think that's true. It's, I think it's true of mainstream economics, that questions of uh, space, the question of where economic activity takes place or does not take place, is generally been a low order question. And you're correct to say that many economic models over many decades have really neglected this uh, dimension of the economy, the fact that the economy operates in in particular geographies. I think to be fair, there are now economists and other social scientists who are drawing our attention to the importance of geography. There are many ways in which geography matters. Uh, To use a a grand old phrase from um, British human geography of years ago, geography matters because resources and people do not flow in an an uninterrupted way according to market signals. The resources that are a player in the economy are formed in particular places. Markets take particular forms in particular places. The quality of capital and labor differs between places. And also, very importantly, some of these differences are determined by, the physical, by, by physical geography, by the existence of natural resources and so forth and so on, but also in particular, in the longer run, by how effectively institutions operate uh, in the economy. And that's particularly important at the local level. And, and it relates to the question of the role of local and regional government in the promotion of economic development. So I think that while... It's correct to say that traditionally economics has not paid a great deal of attention to this question. I think we see signs now, some very interesting signs, of economists showing much more interest in these sorts of questions than than was the case in the past.
0: Well, thank you, John. No, Absolutely, that's... um... Very interesting. I like your talk about the the, the physical, institutional dimensions of space and place and how they reflect on the way markets work in particular places. Uh, Before we get down to the the nitty gritty, if you like, about uh, what we do as United Nations Capital Development Fund in developing countries and how... Local economic development can be a key part of that. I'd like to keep on to the big picture, just so that the listeners who may not really have grasped this uh, concept, uh, just, just to give them a practical example. So in the country of Mozambique, one country where we work, there is, I think it is now, or it was at one point at least, the second largest producer of aluminium in the world. The bauxite is imported from Australia, It goes into this uh, factory called Mozal and then it is exported as aluminium. And this takes place in a particular district uh, in uh, Mozambique. But it's a free port uh, model and very little of the labour in the plant comes from Mozambique. A lot of that comes from South Africa over the border. It's um, skilled labour. And very little of the produce from that district goes into that plant. So if you like... There is a huge plant which contributes many percentage points to Mozambique's gross domestic product, but the effect of that plant on the local space is limited. And in fact, because of the tax incentives, that factory also produces... Uh, a very small percentage of Mozambique's fiscal revenue, even though it produces a large part of Mozambique's gross domestic product. So, would that be an example of local economic development, or is that exactly what local economic development is not, John? Over to well, you. Well, I
1: think what it's an example of is an example of development in a place, but not of a place. Uh, And I think this is a crucial distinction. There are many, and and this is a a very big issue in the way we think about uh, local economic development at the moment all over the world. There are many forms of economic development, some of which bring great benefits to the places in which they occur, some of which bring costs, and some of which have no impact or very little impact whatsoever. Freeports are a classic example, really, of uh, forms of economic development, Uh, which are often supported by national and local governments, which can provide great benefits to, in this case, multinational firms, but don't necessarily bring benefits to local communities. Um, And I think when, when we're thinking about local economic development, keeping this distinction of development in a place and development of a place, I think is a very useful one, because it asks us to think not so much about how much economic development is taking place, but it draws our attention to the need to think about the qualities of the economic development that is taking place. And, you know, there are many sorts of interventions which governments make at national and local level to attract capital, to attract investment, which don't necessarily bring wider benefits for their populations. And I think this is a dilemma which local and national governments are facing all
0: over the world. I really like that uh, expression, in a place and not of a place. Uh, that's uh, really helpful and helping us to discuss this. And I think getting a little bit more practical then, I guess, um, I mean, one of the, the things that we're often asked about and one of the things that we try to look at is the importance of, of, of local fiscal space and boosting local fiscal revenues. Yeah. And uh, we often come up with this question of to what degree do we promote local governments, uh, if you like, subsidizing private sector investment, maybe through tax breaks or in particular through providing the roads, the access roads and the um other utilities and other aspects that they can do to try to draw like a magnet this private sector development to their location and either arguing that they will bring jobs or they will they will get fiscal revenue. But I think what you're saying is that the... There are other filters that should be looked at uh, before doing that or in the process of doing that. It shouldn't be a race to the bottom. Over over to you.
1: Yes, of course. I think that's right. I mean, one of the dangers that local authorities face here, maybe in giving fiscal incentives or grants or loans to international companies at favourable rates, as you said, providing infrastructure, which can be very important to firms in making location decisions. One of the big dangers that that's involved in all of this is precisely this race to the bottom that you've described. We've seen some very good examples of this around the world uh, over recent times. I mean, from the developed world uh, in the United States, there what you have is you know, local authorities, state governments competing with each other, offering ever larger incentives uh, to, to attract an investment to their particular City And this this can be extremely wasteful because you know, local authorities can end up in a situation where they're offering firms money that they don't need in order to make that investment, in order that they capture that investment in competition with the local authorities. Uh, and there are many, many examples of this uh, around the world. In the European Union, there have been attempts to limit this kind of competition, but it proves very difficult to do because there are all kinds of ways in which firms can be given incentives to um, to locate investments in particular places, uh, and, and there's tremendous political pressure on uh, local and regional politicians to land big investments. There's great pre- political prestige involved in that, and it's something you can take to voters of so if, if you know in elections and say this is a great achievement. I brought this factory, or I brought this port, or whatever investment uh, to, to their particular place. So, states have a very important role in providing the conditions within which local economic development can occur um, and bring benefits to the local people. But at the same time, there are tremendous risks in terms of providing what sometimes in in the economic literature is called corporate welfare, subsidies to firms that they don't really need and which don't really bring benefits to local populations.
0: Right. No, interesting, John. So we we have about another eight or nine minutes. And I think just to get kind of specific uh, in terms of policy recommendations, you know, we work in in developing countries, often cities in developing countries on their local economic development strategies. And also, of course, in rural areas, which are going through the agricultural transformation. So what uh, kind of pieces of advice would you give in terms of, as they develop their local economic strategies, how to ensure that their economies become of a place rather than in a place, so to speak? Um, Yes.
1: Well, I think, I mean, the first thing I should do is probably say that there is no general advice. There is no silver bullet which solves all the problems of local economic development. And the reason for that is that places are highly diverse, they're very different, They each have their local context, and one of the other dangers in this field is that experts roll out solutions to the problems of places which have worked elsewhere or which theory tells us should work, but which in practice don't fit the particular context that they're addressing. So I would say there are two things which I would say are extremely important to think about. They might sound a little generic, but I think without them, the question of, what you actually do becomes more difficult to answer. So the first thing I think that is needed are strong local and regional institutions. Um, without strong local government, in my view, local economic development is, is not possible because the forms of intervention which the state needs to make at the local scale need to be done by institutions which are rooted in those localities. And the second thing I would say is that for those interventions to be successful, what local governments need to know what local governments need to do, rather, is develop a deep understanding of their particular place to understand what the uh, strengths and weaknesses of the local economy are, what the opportunities and threats are, um, what uh, would be the most effective forms of intervention. You can't know what those are a priori. They only come out of, a, as I said, a deep engagement um, with the, the specifics of the local economy. So I'd say those are the two things that I would say are key, Um, strong local institutions and detailed knowledge of what's happening in the local economy. And that's very often absent. It's very difficult to create this capacity. But without it, there are no easy solutions and there are no quick fixes. So investing in local capacity, capacity to act and to do that intelligently, I think, are the starting points.
0: Thank you, John. I mean, can you give us an example from your own experience? It doesn't have to be in a developing country, it could be in an OECD country of where local governments or strong institutions have actually done this.
1: Um, Yes, I mean, there there are many examples around the world. Um, You know, you see, so for instance, take the phenomenon of that we're discussing uh, in the Western world at the moment, in the United States and Europe, of left behind regions. These are regions which played a big role in earlier phases of industrialization, Were often, you know, often grew uh, prosperous on the basis of these uh, traditional industries. The traditional industries have now gone. They've often gone to developing countries. And then the question is, how do you manage that transition? Now, I think if we look across Europe, we see that there are places which have managed this transition much better than others. So you have a situation, let's say in the UK, where I am at the moment, where many of these regions continue to struggle, whereas there are other places in Europe, uh, places like in, in regions like Austria or, or, or Germany, where that transition has been managed much more successfully. So an example would be a region like Styria, a traditional industrial region in Austria, traditionally reliant on steel making and manufacturing which has managed the transition to new industries like eco-industries very successfully. And I would say that if you're looking for the uh, answer to how that was done successfully in Austria compared to less successfully in the UK, I would say that you have strong local and regional institutions uh, in Austria, state governments and so on. And in the case of this particular region, a lot of effort going into understanding what was happening in the uh, regional economy, analyzing it, Uh, understanding what the strengths were that could be developed and developing a strategy which was informed by research uh, and which has proven to be pretty successful over several decades now. Of course, regions are always facing new challenges, so this is an ongoing process. But I'd say that's an interesting contrast between, let's say, the region where I am in England at the moment, the northeast of England, which is still struggling to replace its traditional industries, and a region which has been much more successful elsewhere doing that.
0: No, that's extremely interesting. And it, it relates to what uh, with the work we're doing in developing countries because they are also undergoing enormous transitions. There is there's the agricultural transition, there's the rapid urbanization, there is growing joblessness, which is fueling a lot of migration. So I think some of these patterns and some of these elements can be looked at uh, Across regions, one of the good things about the sustainable development goals is that they are universal. And we certainly hope to learn from these examples and to see how we can work with city governments and uh, regional governments and local governments in developing countries to ensure that their local economic development strategies are indeed ones which make sure that development is of a place and benefits all of the people in the economy, Uh, not just a few, as as you pointed out, can happen uh, elsewhere. So just before we close, John, we always in this podcast have a a couple of kind of either or questions to close on. Uh, I mean, this has been extremely helpful. We may come back to you later to see how we can explore this um, a little bit further. But I'm going to ask you now just a couple of uh, two or three binary questions and you have to say one or the other you don't even need to say why. Uh, So here we go. Uh, Red or blue? Uh, Red. Okay. Uh, Rugby or football? Football. Okay. And um, gold or diamonds?
1: Uh, Diamonds.
0: Diamonds. Okay. Uh, I think we'll stop there, John. That's really uh, okay. helpful. Good to know you're on the diamond side of the equation. Uh, so, uh, we, we, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. And it's been a pleasure. Uh, thank you. This is John Tomini uh, on local economic development. Uh, thank you very much indeed. Hope you enjoyed this episode. This is Capital Low Cost, the local government finance podcast from the United Nations Capital Development Fund. Thanks for listening. See you next week.